Have you ever dreamed of what life would be like if you were financially free? Yeah, me too. Which is why despite having three children under the age of four and working full time, I decided to start an online business. However, I was not prepared for the chaos starting a business would wreak on my life. I lost sight of the things that were most important to me. The result? I was stressed, overwhelmed, and exhausted with nothing to show for it. I was ready to call it quits. When I realized something, when I keep the most important things in my life stable, that is when I thrive. Now I'm on a mission to inspire other amazing women to do the same. But the real question is, how do we do it? Join me on my journey as I build my financially freeing business using today's top marketing strategies while keeping stability in my home, family, and mind. My name is Johanna Buss, and this is the Stable Mama Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are here again with Katerina Del Falco, and she is going to tell us the art of conversation during dinner. Now, you may be thinking, I don't really need this, but I bet you've been in that situation where you put a lot of time and effort into bringing a nice meal to the dinner table for your family, and then they all ate it in like five to 10 minutes, and you didn't really talk about anything. If you've ever felt that way, then this is definitely an episode for you. Hello, and welcome back, Katerina. Hello, Joanna. It's so fun to be back. Nice to see you again, here, talk to you again. Same, same, definitely. I am really excited about this conversation because this happens to me more times than not. I like, I did the meal planning. I did the meal prepping. It is on the table. I'm excited about it. And we now have, it's been 10 minutes and everyone has already dispersed. So what do we do? Right. That is so, it's frustrating. It's disheartening. And doesn't it just make you feel like, what is all of this effort for? Is it worth it? I go to all this trouble and we're busy. We're busy moms. We want to feed our kids well. And I talk to so many moms who actually secretly, they feel guilty sometimes about what they feed their kids. Cause we really do want to have these nutritious meals on the table, know that we're nourishing our children but it's so much more than just the food. And that's exactly why I created Return to the Table because it's about the art of eating, the importance of having good food on the table. Of course, I help people figure out how to make it happen. But the third component is the art of conversation because my mission is to help families form stronger bonds and connections. And as I like to say, a real true family legacy simply by sharing good food together. So what happens at the table when we share good food? I always say the magic happens after 20 minutes. And I love families to spend 30 to even 45 minutes at the table. And this is exactly the point where either somebody shuts it off, <laughs> stops listening to me or says, lady, you are just too crazy. That is never going to happen. But hang in here with me because I'm going to explain why it's important and how to make it happen. So when we share good food together, we, you know, there is a chemical reaction that happens in our body and we feel really safe. We feel secure. We feel comfortable. We're just happy when we eat good food. So when we have that experience, we're open and this is a great time for us to connect. This is the point. I mean, when else do we have every day to connect with our kids, right? Like eating, we have to eat. Let's make the most of it. So we get to the table, we have this goal in mind, we want this fabulous conversation, we've put in the effort, we've gotten the food, and like you said, we have five minutes 
people scarfing down their food and then they're ready to run off from the table. So how do we get this conversation going and get them interested in staying at the table? And I am gonna mention the time because I know some people are still freaking out about, I don't have time to sit for 20 or 30 minutes. So I promise I'll get to that also. But how do we get everybody engaged? Because we're missing the boat if we don't enjoy the conversation and the food. Well, it does start with good food because if you don't serve anything good and interesting, nobody wants to stay and eat it. So we've got that covered, right? Now, here's some ideas to get the conversation going on a different level because most of the time it's, I like to call it that minutia level of conversation. You know, how was school today? What did you do? And I know so many parents that are really good at diving another level deeper, like, tell me the best thing that happened to you today, or what was the most interesting thing you learned at school? And we can even go deeper, and that's what I wanna talk about. One thing that I like to, uh, well, here's an idea for younger kids, because they're the wiggly squiggly ones and they don't wanna sit at the table, telling a story. Well, we're gonna tell a story to our younger and our older kids, but there is so much power in storytelling, and I think this is one of the, um, this is one of the best ways to get real engagement at your table. So telling a story to little kids, how, you know, pick that book that you've read already a hundred times at bedtime. <laughs> so we know they like it and ask them to tell you or start the conversation. What would happen next? If we were going to continue writing this book, what would you create next? And this is a story that can continue for a week. It could be your weekly theme at the table. And research shows that in school, a technique that's used for children is to ask them to recount what they learned the day before. My kids actually went to a Waldorf school and they did this all the time. They would tell the story of what they learned the day before, which reinforces the learning of the topic. It increases their critical thinking skills and creativity. So asking your kids to recap what you did the day before in your story, and then to keep elaborating on it will be an educational moment. And this is gonna tie into why you do have time to sit at the table, because I'm bringing education into this time at the table. So make parents feel better. So we'll get to that again in a minute. But having that story, these kids are engaged. They love that storybook. They love Peter Rabbit. They love, I can't, my kids are 16, 17, 13. I can't think of the books we used to read, but you all know one. And so ask them to continue the story on and build on it. Ask them to create a different ending to a story. And you can also ask them to write a new one from the very beginning. They could use some of the same characters. They could pull characters from their from several of their different books, and you build this story together. Now, this is a jumping off point, and it may continue just like this the whole way through the week, but what I won't be surprised at if this happens at your table is that while you're going through the storytelling process, it will take a different direction. So as they're telling the story, like uh, maybe the story is that these characters end up going to the moon, and you could interject, so, you know, what do you know about the moon? How is the moon different? How's that atmosphere different than our atmosphere? And you can put that at the end of, you know, we're gonna story tell for a few minutes and then you can pick up on that because your kids are engaged. They're thinking about the moon. They're gonna start thinking, well, why did I pick the moon? Or what is it gonna be like for them? Maybe just build that into the story. So if they're going to the moon, what other things will they need to take with them there because that atmosphere is different here and you can start educating them. Why is it different? What happens in the universe? And 
anything that goes on in that story is an opportunity for you to bring in real life connection to some educational learning moment. The story is the tool to get them engaged, to stay at the table, to open up the discussion. Now that's a fun one. The other story element that I like is for a little bit older kids, and it could be for younger kids, but you'll, you'll see what I mean here, there's different degrees. Talking about your life, a story, tell it, parents telling a story about their life. When you have teenagers or children entering puberty, talking about your first date, your first kiss, your first heartbreak. And I wonder, you know, when do we have these moments? If we discuss these things with our kids, when do we do it? It's often a time like you've kind of thought about it. I need to have that talk now. I'm going to go into their room when they're like comfortable. We'll sit on their bed and we're going to talk. And I can't think of a better time to do it than I always say over a good pan of lasagna at the dinner table when you're eating because that food creates that comfort and that feeling of safety. And it's less awkward. It's less like, you know, you just came in to have a talk with me and, you know, you're trying to be cool, but this is really awkward, mom or dad. <laughs> and so when you tell these stories like, you know, my first date was horrible or, you know, my first person I dated broke my heart and I was depressed for six months and actually had this problem around it. Or, you know, when I was in seventh grade, all of a sudden my friends didn't like me and I was isolated. I had a really hard time. And, and sharing these things that are, they, they hum, they're humbling. They are, humbling is not the word I'm looking for. It, it allows your children to connect with you as a human being, not as a parent, not as the hero, right? And they are going to be more open with you. They're going to be more likely to share their experiences with you so that we really know what's going on with them. And we're not side blinded by, oh my gosh, you know, they're in depression because of this. We didn't know they were being bullied. We didn't know that they had this love interest or that these things were happening to them and they are their eyes open up and when you tell a story about this kind of part of your life or what you wanted to do but nobody encouraged you and you end up taking a different path on your life and you know I mean it can be anything about work it can be about your personal life when you share this their eyes are like they are hanging on your every word and so age appropriate right but this I think is a great time and then that discussion, that story opens up the discussion on, you know, how are you feeling about dating? Is there anything going on? And it's a process. So it might be like the most um, first time you do it, something amazing could open up. But if it doesn't, just keep doing it because we're laying the groundwork for these discussions over time, right? I'll, I'll pause for a moment. No. <laughs> keep going up a few more ideas, but. No, I love this. Like I, said, I really enjoy our conversations because I constantly have these light bulb moments and I'm actually like picturing dinner with my kids as they grow up and being able to connect with them and have these wonderful conversations because really that's every parent's dream, right? You have that connection with your children so that if they are in need, that we can help them and they're going to tell us that they need help, right? Yeah. And the way that I came about doing the getting really personal with them at dinner was because one of our kids came home when they had that class at school <laughs> and they came home, they had homework and they had to ask us questions. And the questions built, it was a two week period. The first question was pretty innocent and sweet. It was, I think, like, tell us about your first kiss. And so my husband and I had kind of fun with that. The questions got a lot more intimate and a lot more intense. And I remember looking at one of them going, am I ready for this? Am I good? And so we did sit down, we did it at dinner. 
And because um, we did all of them at dinner, of course. And after two weeks, I mean, it was, and so it's a, it's a topic, you know, we continue to revisit because I have three teenagers. But the first time we did that, I thought, like, I can't imagine doing this anywhere else. I can't imagine not doing this with good food in front of me. It was just so light and, you know, and easy, even though it was like a really sensitive topic. And I was scared to have these conversations with my kids. I wasn't sure how, you know, we were going to do it. But the, the opportunity for those discussions to come up, then you're in a habit of speaking this way to your kids. Those 20, 30 minutes go by so fast. And we'll talk about homework in a minute to bring even more education to the table. But when we're eating good food and, you know, I advocate eating in courses because that naturally spreads out the time. And then we have that little dessert. We have this eating experience. The conversation flows right next to it. And it takes us definitely to a deeper level and allows us to connect and educate our kids because my husband will often talk about, um, he's in contract negotiations right now, and that's very stressful. And sharing that with us, with the family, educates the kids on what all of this means. And it also helps them understand why maybe he's looking a little different lately <laughs> or acting a little different lately. He handles stress better than I do. I can get really, you know, really hard on myself. Well, I'm building a business, so there's different challenges, and I think the ups and downs swing much more than what he does. For me, when I have a really bad day and I sit down, I just tell everybody I'm not feeling good about myself today. I'm actually feeling like a failure and I'm having a really hard time. It's not just a bad day. I'm like having an especially bad day. They are interested and they jump in and kids have the most amazing clarity and you know they're just untainted with certain things. They have pulled me out of so many ruts, I can't tell you. And I love that they see that I struggle. They're going through the journey with me. So they see that I work really, really, really hard and hit brick wall after brick wall, and then boom, there's a breakthrough. So I know that's teaching them, don't give up. You need to find a solution. They see how I've problem solved because I share everything with them. And I know that those are tools in their toolbox, no matter what they do in life, they're gonna carry with them forever forever because they've lived it with me and they can feel it because we talk about it so much. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely love what you're talking like what you're saying and the idea behind it. I guess the question that kind of comes to my mind is I love this idea of being this have this really close relationship with your children, but how do you balance the line between being, I want to say like a friend versus a parent? Like how how do you control that That's boundary. Question. I have never been an advocate for being friends with my kids. <laughs> I am definitely a parent and very clear about that. So this to me, this is just a topic of discussion. And I feel that it's our duty as parents to, I mean, well, let me put it this way. We're raising them, right? And sharing what I go through at work, that I've had a bad work day or I'm struggling with this problem is I don't feel at all that it's on like a friendship level, right? I'm telling a story. I'm sharing a part of my life that is beneficial for them because they're learning from my experience. They're learning how to problem solve. They're learning how to be persistent. They're learning how to share their feelings with somebody and to connect. We are really getting, you know, we know there's a disconnect in our society today because so much of our socialization is on an electronic device, right? And how do you, I mean, think of somebody you know in your life 
Um, maybe it was a relationship you had. They just couldn't communicate. They just couldn't share their feelings. They just couldn't support, right? And so sharing these stories and walking your children through experiences in your life shows them how to be empathetic, to problem solve, to communicate, to care. And, and we are, you know, I think it's good for them to see you as a, a human being, not a parent, but, but definitely I'm sure my children like, wouldn't think of me. Well, I may think of me as their friend, but you know, it's not that, Hey, we're friends. And I know exactly what you're saying. And I think that's a big mistake. We, we still need to maintain that hierarchy, but the storytelling and sharing these parts of their, of your life is, it's a different, and I, I think you got that. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. No, we're, we're on the same page with that, but I know that could be a huge struggle in our society is trying to find that right balance. Absolutely. Like, I agree. And, and when the line is crossed, I do think it's dangerous, but you know, in the old, think about, you know, our parents or grandparents, you didn't often know them. You know, a lot of kids have said they grew up with great parents. They provided, you know, dad sat down at the table every night and ate dinner, but the discussion wasn't, wasn't deep. We didn't really know them. They didn't connect with me. And, and that causes children to feel like they aren't loved. You know, if, if you, you know, I just wish my dad talked to me more. I just wish I knew him. You know, my dad passed away and I realized I never really knew who he was. And that can leave us with emotional baggage. And so I think these discussions, everybody has to manage how and when and what they're going to talk to their kids about. So that's, you know, that's your parenting job. But, but I believe that having that, that insight into your life just creates all of these benefits, you know, letting them know you and it's a learning process. And education is, I think this is a perfect segue into homework because, okay, we do have time to sit down. And if we're managing our time and we're, you know, saving 15, 10 minutes here and there, maybe it's errand running or some, like how we organize the chores around our house, we can always clean up in a, a 10 or 15 minutes here and there. Let's pull it together and sit at the table, right, for a half an hour. And there's nights it's impossible because of schedules, but I know it can happen a lot. And so bringing homework to the table, I think is really powerful. Not the actual homework, because I don't like stuff on my table <laughs> other than food, but getting your kids, like homework is super stressful. And a lot of people I've worked with, they want to rush through dinner because they want to get to that homework because the kids have the homework and education is extremely important and we got to get that done. So I got it. But if you can talk about the homework while you're sharing this fabulous meal, it can make the whole thing easier and less stressful. So example, my son does not like to write. Actually, he doesn't mind much now, but there was a time for years he really didn't like to write. And he had to read a certain, uh, he had to read and then he had to write a couple paragraphs about it. So we would have him, he would do his reading, we'd sit down to dinner, he would tell us what he read, I'd ask him to think about what he was going to write and to verbally start doing it. And we could help him. I uncovered, like he didn't even understand this part of what he wrote. So I could help him through that. He had an outline of what he was gonna do. We get done with dinner. He's all relaxed. Like we're not stressed diving into the homework and you know, he didn't understand something. We didn't know that. Everyone's all oh, trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> you know, he, it's, he doesn't even wanna do the homework so he can't get started, but he's got it laid out. He's like, cool, okay, we've helped. We had fun helping because we were just sitting there eating. He sits down, you know, it's like pre-planned. It's so much easier. Or doing mental math. You know, what did you 
learn about at school today. We're doing our times tables. That's on my homework list. Let's run through them. And then you could bring in a, you know, why would you need to know this anyway? Because kids get disinterested. They don't want to learn because they're interested. So my daughter was going to bake cookies for friends and we were going to do a double batch so we could freeze some. So I said, okay, here's the recipe. Like I kind of remembered it in my head. This is why you need to know multiplication because you have to multiply these ingredients to double the batch. Let's do it. And we walked through it. And now she's got chocolate chip cookies attached to her timetable. Whether she knows it or not, those times tables just became a lot more friendly, right? She's like, okay, I'll do that because I can cook, you know, bake cookies easier if I do that. So there's a lot of ways to bring homework to the table to take the stress off, get a jump start on it, make your time together really valuable and, and educational. And then of course, you can make it into another conversation like, why would you even want to learn this? And, and even you know, expand on it more. So when there's a story attached to this stuff that they learn that they're not interested in, they will remember it more. And that's the point of homework and education. So we can do a little bit at the table. I love this. Honestly, I love your entire system, program, idea. I don't know what you call it, but I love it all. <laughs> it's all of that. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. If you want to know more about her, where can we find you? You can find me at returntothetable.com. I have a free get started guide, and that's where we're going to be sharing all of our events and the upcoming programs that we're offering. And of course, I invite everybody to join my Facebook group where we have discussions. And I was even on live cooking in my kitchen on Sunday. So lots of fun stuff happening there. And I would love to see everyone. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure you'll find me there. So if you want to see both of us, right? Because this yeah. is amazing stuff. And I know it's definitely an area in my life that I want to expand on. And I'm guessing it is for you too. So thank you again, Katarita. And I hope you have an amazing day. You too, Joanna. Ciao. Thank you for listening. If you liked today's episode, could you please take a minute to rate and review my show? It would mean the world to me. Also, let me know if you have any questions or if there's something in particular that you are struggling with so that we can cover it in future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. Remember, progress is being just 1% better today than you were yesterday. You got this, mama. See you on the next episode.